Hi, welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Palazan, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism, and I am by myself today. I'm really sad about it. I hope that I can do as great of a job as my wonderful, brilliant, genius, magical teammates have on the last few episodes. If you haven't listened, oh my gosh, what you doing, kid? Go back and listen to those episodes. They're amazing on digital altars and social media and archetypes and costumes. Ugh, it's been a really good series that we've been putting out over the last couple of weeks that I'm extremely passionate about, if you couldn't already tell from the last couple of episodes. And I have something I wanted to discuss with you. (laughs) And if you haven't tuned into the last couple weeks of content that we've been making and putting out on the podcast, we've been talking a lot about how the digital realm is a realm in and of itself. That when we practice magic in real life, when we do spells, when we create altars, when we embody characters in the real world in 3D. That's great, right? And we think a lot about that. We're pretty intentional, many of us, with that, with our rituals and our practice and our protection and our cleansing that we do in this material ether. And we're less thoughtful, less intentional, less careful, less decisive around what we decide to create in the digital space, in the digital realm, which is its own world, is its own universe, is its own ether. And we've been talking specifically around what we can do and how we can practice using elements of what we are, what are so normal to us in, you know, day-to-day life, the material world, setting up your altar, lighting candles, cleansing, clearing, the things that you do kind of without thinking, hopefully how we can bring that into our digital spaces and why it's important. Because I think that, you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that we talk about the magic and the mundane all the time and how we're always practicing magic. Whenever we say something out loud, that's a spell, but we can choose to be more thoughtful and intentional and clear about whatever it is that we want to create as our desired outcome. Now, I'm not telling you to have high-level anxiety all the time and be afraid of what you say and that words always become things. That's not always true. Of course, the energy that you sum up and you put out into the world, you release into the world, definitely plays a part in how powerfully your spells manifest. And on the flip side of that, if you're saying things, if you're putting imagery out into the internet, but you're not fully bringing your energy, your power, your decisiveness to that digital spell that you're creating, then no wonder it doesn't work. No wonder it doesn't give you your desired your desired outcome. And I see this a lot when it comes to just the general idea of, of content and making content across the board. And <laughs> I'll give you the shortest, shortest, sweetest rundown of how I know about content. I've been making content. I stay making content. I've been making content for a really long time. I'm 32. So I started making content as my job when I was 21, when I graduated from college. It was one of my many jobs. I worked for a digital media advertising agency and then eventually got into tech and made content and did branding and all the things in the tech world and was a writer and all the stuff, right? 
And now I make content at Holisticism. And I've gotten to work with incredible, gigantic companies like Lululemon and Nike and Google and make content for them. I've made content for baby brands that had zero funding and zero dollars to spend on ads. I've done a lot. And I, of course, have so much to learn. And something that I love about content, it's that it's always evolving and changing. And one thing that I know that I've seen time and time and time again is that making content can be overwhelming. It can like give you an existential crisis. And I think in this world, especially when we think about how much we think we need to make, right? That we always need to be making content, always be making content, right? We think we need to create so much original stuff in just en masse, constantly. It becomes very overwhelming and very scary. But when we think a little bit more and we feel into this idea of casting digital spells and that the content that we put up on something like Instagram or TikTok or our blog or in a podcast or in an email is digital magic, is digital spell work, is digital altar work, then I think that starts to ground us down a little bit more. And and it's not the only answer, right? Like I can tell you that making a digital altar is going to irrevocably change your life and your community and what happens on your social media and on your website for the better, for sure. And it's not the only thing that you need to do. Just like if you make a spell or you write a spell or you practice a spell or you perform a spell, great, awesome. But now you have to like go do the shit, you know? Like if you said that you wanted to go meet, you want to meet your soulmate, like you got to fucking leave your house, dude. (laughs) Maybe shower. I don't know. I wouldn't, but you know, I would leave the house. I would try to leave the house. So we need to be in action, right? We can do all this esoteric spiritual stuff. We can do it. We can do it all. And we need to be humans being, you know, we need to be and do. And a mistake that I see a lot that I've seen at huge companies that I've worked at, at tiny companies that I've worked at with students of mine, with small businesses that I've consulted with is that In general, we don't think about content as an ecosystem, and we don't think about our business as an ecosystem. And if you took Notion for Magical Baddies system spells, which just ended a couple weeks ago, and we're actually opening up a new cohort in October. If you want to learn more, you can sign up for the wait list. But we talked a lot about ecosystems and how when we model our own lives and our systems after nature, we can learn a lot about what's healthy and what's actually anti-capitalist. And why is that important? Why does everything come back down to anti-capitalism, Michelle? Good question, guys. It's because, (laughs) fight the man, but because capitalism is extractive by nature, at least the capitalism that we practice today, and it's destructive. It's extractive because it doesn't pour back in. It doesn't re-nourish or regenerate what it leaves behind. So when we practice extractive capitalism or practices that are modeled after extractive capitalism, then we're basically left with a field that's barren, right? It's almost as if you salt the earth after you pull up that harvest of whatever you're going to go sell at the market. So not only are you not going to be able to grow something next year, but you're never going to be able to grow things on that land again or in that area again. And that's the opposite of what nature does. And that's why we can look to nature to look for anti-capitalist principles that we can bring into our own lives and systems. And nature and magic have a lot to do with each other. You know, the universal laws are 
are what we practice as spiritual laws, and they are modeled after what we see in nature, as above, so below. Think about the roots of a tree, as above, so below. There are so there are 12 spiritual laws. I'm not going to go through all of them. Maybe I'll put a link below so you can check them out yourself. But even like the law, universal law of reciprocity. Um, nature and nature's ecosystem is valuable for so many reasons, but we can take a couple things from it when we're thinking about our content and our businesses, our just general systems. The first is that there are no redundancies. There are zero redundancies in nature. You're never going to do something twice in nature. There is no wasted energy. And there's also no waste. So there's no trash. There's nothing that just sits and decays and decomposes and sits there forever in a landfall. In fact, when things decay and die, they go back into the earth, they regenerate the soil, and they help to nourish what comes next. And when we're building our content, I don't think that we often practice those things, right? Because we don't really have systems set up to support that. We don't have systems set up. We don't have systems set up to support zero redundancies, which means we end up making a lot of content that's kind of the same over and over and over again. So we stay busy. We stay really fucking busy for like no reason. And second, we end up having a lot of waste. We make something because we're making things that are redundant and they either don't do well, so they sit on the shelf, or we spend a ton of time and energy making something and then we don't end up following through with it or promoting it as much as we need to. And so it doesn't do what it was supposed to do. It ends up being a huge waste of our time and energy and we don't get that back. It's not like it regenerates us in some way. It's gone forever. It's wasted, right? And I think that there are a couple of reasons for this. The first is, I don't know about you, but like I'm obsessed with being stressed out and constantly making things. And we know that if you are someone with a squiggly brain or with ADHD, then you have dopamine in a situation. <laughs> and what we've seen is that for people who... Um, don't don't process dopamine the way that it is supposed to be processed naturally in a healthy brain or a healthy system. What ends up happening is that we stay busy. We there is something about finishing projects or finishing tasks, finishing busy work, checking things off a list, constantly being in process and checking things off that makes us feel good. It gives our dopamine those little receptors or those hits of like, yeah, yeah, I want more of that. That feels good. That feels good. That feels good. So imagine what happens if you are someone with a squiggly brain with ADHD or something else. Maybe you just really get that buzz from, from this anxiety cycle. Imagine you're someone like that who constantly needs to be in the process of making things making, 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 and publishing out to the world, whether it's a blog post or a TikTok or an email or a course or something else in order to feel good and to stay focused because that's what dopamine does, right? It makes us feel good and it helps us focus. If you need to constantly be on this hamster wheel of making things, you are setting yourself up for anxiety, right? Because you never get the opportunity to slow down and let things simmer because you constantly have to be in process of making things. And when we're constantly in process, it's kind of like this double-edged sword, right? That in order to feel good, you got to make more stuff, but you feel bad because you're stressed because you have to make more stuff. And I'm sure you felt this before where you're just like scrolling endlessly, like where you're just spiraling. Your brain is the little spinning wheel of death that you see on your computer when things are slowing down. 
It doesn't feel good. And when we get caught in that cycle, I don't think we actually make very good content. And here's why. And here's my hot take. I think you're making way too much content and it's not good. Sorry. It might be like good, but it's not like good. You can do better. (laughs) That is so bitchy, but you can do better. Here's what I think. Here's what I know. You chose to come down and have this human experience. You were a God or something even bigger than that. You were some spiritual, beyond, endless, omniscient, all-knowing, wise thing. And you look down at this teeny little life, this tiny little blip on the timeline. And he said, you know what? I think there's something I want to go experience in that tiny little human meat suit. I'm just going to go pop down there for a quick second. I see what I can find. I know I'm going to forget everything that I know up here, but hopefully I will rediscover it. I don't know. I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to figure it out. And I want to go experience and learn and, you know, get something out of being a human because that is really special. So you did. So you came down here and you're like, hey, what's up? I'm a baby. Now I'm a person. (laughs) Fabulous. You probably have forgotten your divinity along the way. Hopefully you remembered at some point. But until then, if you haven't, don't worry, you get some time. So you're here to experience. You're here to learn. You're here to feel, right? And you're not here to be in a constant treadmill cycle of sort of tap dancing on the surface, never going deep into anything. You're here to learn. You're here to go deep. And when we don't give ourselves time to really metabolize our ideas, what we're seeing, what we're taking in, what we believe in, really like our worldview, our meaning-making systems, when we don't give ourselves time to really like let that soak in and develop more, we're cheating ourselves out of a deeper experience of life. We're also cheating ourselves and our communities out of like really valuable work that we could be making. Because listen, there's nothing new on this planet. There's nothing, there's no new content. Like I guarantee you, someone has said pretty much what I'm telling you right now at some point. Honestly, there's probably a podcast about it. And (laughs) if we just did a hard enough Google search, we could probably find it. There's nothing new out there. No such thing as a, a new thought or idea. But What we are publishing, what we are putting out to people as knowledge workers, as people that are making content, we are showing a new perspective around an old idea or old belief. So think of it this way. Let's say you read a book on a philosophy and you're like, that's an interesting philosophy. Okay, cool. You stick it in your brain for later. Then you go see a movie and you learn about an archetype, maybe some sort of, I don't know, business philosopher type. Okay, cool. And you're like, interesting. Never seen that before. That's cool. You stir that away in your brain. Then you go experience something in the world. Maybe you go and you work at a hospice care center and you learn about the human experience and you learn something from someone who's older than you, someone who's on their deathbed about what really matters in life. And you take all those unique experiences and you store them away in your little soup brain, right? And in some way, maybe they all converge, those three separate disparate ideas. And by the three, by just sheer virtue of those three ideas coming together, you are able to take that philosophy that you read about in a book after you saw a movie and after you met someone on their deathbed, and you are able to bring a new perspective to that philosophy. You're not making up a new version of the philosophy. 
but you are showing a new unique perspective. And that perspective might resonate with someone who's never going to read that philosophy book, who's never going to see that movie, and who's never going to meet someone on their deathbed. But they're going to be able to get that information, that really valuable, important information from you. Okay, let's pause this episode to talk briefly about Open. Open is a platform that helps you come back to your senses. You can practice meditation, mindfulness, breath work, yoga, Pilates. It's amazing and we're kind of obsessed with it here at Holisticism. Especially the breath work. I can't get enough of it, but I have a little bit of an anecdote. An anecdote. Tell us. So coming out in our product review this week in the cast um, that comes out today, this Friday, we're talking about at-home hormone testing. And one of the companies that we're reviewing is BASE. And for my result, one of the recommendations was to do kundalini yoga three times a week (laughs) for 60 to 90 minutes. I'm sorry, were they getting paid by big kundalini to put that in there? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what kind of culty affiliation is happening here? But to be fair, I will add, they said, or a similar practice. And I realized that my tolerance for 60 to 90 minute workout classes has really, it doesn't exist. (laughs) It's gone. It's gone forever. (laughs) Even if it's like 55 minutes, can do. (laughs) I can make it. But something about the 60 minutes, I was just like, that's not, that's not happening. That's excessive. That seems unhealthy. So I appreciate that Open doesn't scare me off with their classes because all of their Pilates, yoga, and general movement classes, I would say are usually between 20 and 45 minutes. It makes breath work feel approachable again. Totally. I just made a TikTok video about lobster hands or tetany when, when your hands, like when you're doing breath work for especially a long period of time, it makes, it can make your body tense up. And it's really scary the first time you do it. You're like, what is happening? Am I possessed? Little mini exorcism just (laughs) midday. (laughs) Super cash. And I will say breathwork is such a powerful practice and you don't need to do it for 90 minutes in order to get something out of it. You can truly do it for like five minutes, 10 minutes and still feel amazing. I was just thinking one of the things that makes me want to come back is that it's a very sensory experience. They recommend that you do it on desktop with headphones. I've done it on the app on my iPhone and it's great too, but your senses are ignited and you want to come back. It's very sensory in not an overwhelming way. It hits all my good dopamine receptors without making me overwhelmed. And like, that's exactly what I need when I'm like lost in my anxiety sauce and feeling like I can't get to all the emails and all the writing I need to do. If I just like do my five minute meditation at open, everything kind of gets reset. Everything gets written. All the emails get answered once you do an open meditation. <laughs> true. All of a sudden my copy is incredible. I'm hilarious. <laughs> I'm also prettier. I don't know you guys. <laughs> we don't know how they do it, but check out the link in our show notes or use code holisticism at sign up. And from August 10th to no September, <laughs> we're in September. <laughs> I can't let summer go, guys. I'm really sad about it. On September 10th to September 12th, we are doing a giveaway. If you tag us on Instagram, as well as open with your practice on the platform, meditation, Pilates, any movement or breath work, we will enter you into a draw to win a spot in our Notion for Magical Baddies digital spells and social media systems course that's launching on September 21st. So yeah, don't want to miss it. Yeah, take a pic, tag us, tag open, and may the most meditated person win. And in order for us to bring together disparate ideas, we need time. We need we need to really let things marinate and like brew, for lack of a better word, you know, just like a fine wine. We need to let them mature. And 
This goes for just also experiencing life. Think about lessons that you learned when you were a little kid that you had some grasp over, but maybe you've seen in the 10 or 15 or 30 or 40 years since you were a kid, you've learned more about the depth of those lessons that you could have never, if you had to teach someone when you were 10, that lesson that you learned when you were five, you never could have taught them with the depth that you can teach them now. And when we are in a constant cycle of putting out new things, always looking for novelty, always looking for new, we don't give ourselves the spaciousness to go deep, then we don't get to have those, uh, the deepening of those ideas, those thoughts, those perspectives. And when, when we are in that cycle of not going deep, of kind of just like skimming on the surface, we're not really making the best thing that we can make. That's why I said your content might be schmeshma, it might be good, but it's not like amazing. And we know that we need more time. We know that we need to marinate with an idea for a little bit longer when we're not resonating with our community or our audience. If our content consistently kind of doesn't hit (laughs) and it's not helping us get to our desired outcome, whether that's growing your community or growing your audience or selling a product or a service or helping people, it's just not landing? You know that feeling where you're just like, am I talking to a wall here? Like what's going on? (laughs) If that's happening to you, number one, so frustrating. I'm so sorry. I've totally been there before. Number two, it's because you're not going deep enough. You're not letting it brew. And because you're on this constant cycle of needing to put more new content out into the world, you think you need to just add more stuff, do more stuff. When in reality, what you need to do is slow down a little bit, let things brew, let things simmer, let things settle, let the roots deepen on these ideas. Let your brain do some work, let your intuition do some work and work with your ecosystem instead of working independently. So first step is if your content isn't resonating, that means that you are not giving yourself enough time to let that thing brew. You're not really making the deep connections that you could be making that are really going to excite and delight and impress people and charm people. One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten was from one of my mentors at an accelerator that I was working at. And they said, the intersection of two disparate ideas is where magic lives, is where interest is. And it's also where you can carve out a niche. And that means that going deep on two disparate ideas is what's going to excite and compel people. Think about some of our favorite content creators like Malcolm Gladwell or the Freakonomics people or This American Life. They often take disparate ideas. That's kind of a formula, right? Things that are surprising. They smash them together with a belief or perspective or a piece of pop culture, and they show you that new world, you know? (laughs) They show you that new perspective of an idea that maybe you've seen over and over and over again. So how do we do that? How exactly are we supposed to make amazing content that is deep and soulful and also, by the way, like helps us have a more human experience because you're not just here to like poop out content. You're here to make those deep connections, to see how things are connected, to see the magic and the mundane, right? See how it all works together. How do we do that? Well, we got to build an ecosystem. We have to build a system that is integrated. And so often I see people who are, and I'm so guilty of this too, so I'm not going to pretend that I'm better. (laughs) It's so common for us to focus on one main priority, right? Whether that's 
email or a blog or a podcast or social and to sort of let everything else fall by the wayside or be an afterthought. And while I totally understand that, especially if you're a one-person team, I think you're doing yourself a disservice and you're also creating redundancies and waste. So really what you need to do in order to have amazing content that does what you want it to do, that is effective, right? That's an actual digital spell because a a good spell has a desired outcome. It has the right components and it pulls your intention and energy together and then releases that energy thoughtfully out into the world. So in order to create really powerful digital spells, we need to have a bird's eye view or a God's eye view of all of the content that we are creating. And that means that if we want to focus on growing our audience on Instagram or our community on Instagram, then we need to also have a line of sight with what our email is doing. We need to have a line of sight on what our blog is doing. We need to know what we're doing on TikTok or what our YouTube videos are doing. And those can't just be afterthoughts. And I think that this is a mistake that so many of us make. We get just like lost in the sauce of making, making, making all the time. And we forget how much we can repurpose or that we don't need to work so hard. So for example, I'm gonna, I'm recording this episode, right? And I've actually pulled a bunch of ideas from this episode from a course that I've already created, which is Notion for Magical Bodies, Digital Alters, and Social Media Systems. And I'm going to take content from that course, which I spent a lot of time creating, but I also pulled ideas from things that I've talked about with my team, standard operating procedures that we've already created that we use on a day-to-day basis. And we're going to take this content and we're going to repurpose it across our platforms. We're not just going to carbon copy it, but we're not working from a blank page when it comes to figuring out what we're going to put on TikTok or what we're going to put on Instagram or what we're going to publish via email. You've heard me say this many times before, never work from a blank page work from something that already exists and you can always sort of finagle it and edit it if you need to. But we're going to use this as a jumping off point. And I've already used other content as a jumping off point for this piece of content. And we're going to make some things that seem somewhat new, but really are sort of like a regurgitation of what you're hearing right now. So we're probably going to make Instagram reel that talks about some part of this process. Maybe it's a tiny little sentence that you missed at the very beginning of this conversation. We're going to definitely publish an email that talks about what I'm talking about right now. So meta. And instead of using all of my energy on a Tuesday afternoon to try and come up with something that I want to write for an email, I'm going to tap back into that digital spell, my original desired intention and the outcome that I wanted to have when I thought and my team, when we worked together to come up with this content, to come up with this concept. And we're going to use that as our jumping off point and the literal words, like the actual transcription of this episode to come up with the content that we push to email subscribers. And that saves us so much time It also makes all of our content so much more powerful. So instead of taking time to make a million new things all day long constantly, we're doubling down and gaining even more power, even more energy behind the things that we want, 
behind the intentions that we're manifesting towards or the desired outcomes that we want. And this is all to say that if you feel like your content isn't working, if it's not doing what you want it to do, and it's taking so much energy out of you and you're exhausted and you're just like, this is not working. Nobody's liking this shit. Nobody's commenting. I'm not getting any more email subscribers. I'm not selling anything. And like, that's the point. And I'm not getting jobs out of this. So like, why am I doing this? I feel you. That is so frustrating. And pull back. Think about your business, your work, your life as an ecosystem. Think about where there are potentially redundancies in your systems and where you're maybe wasting your energy. And think about how every single thing you make can support another part of your business or another piece of content. You know, if you are a gardener, you you know this probably even better than I could say it, but there are plants that we need to plant around each other, around certain trees or around different flowering, you know, like bushes or plants. There's certain helpful pollinators or other types of plants that we need to plant around our garden in order to help it be as optimal as possible in order to like help that ecosystem thrive. So I want to plant like, you know, this butterfly bush that attracts in monarch butterflies because that's really important for the hummingbirds and the other bugs in the ecosystem of my garden. And like, you know, butterflies eat aphids. I don't know, I'm making that up, but like, let's say that's what happens. And actually butterflies are like really important for the ecosystem, like in general, and they're dying on mass. So like plant butterfly bushes wherever you can, but also plant them around, you know, like where you want your fruiting trees to be and to be abundant because you want the bees to also show up and the bees are going to be attracted to the flowers. And when the bees are pollinating, that's really important for your fruiting trees or whatever, right? So (laughs) we are, that ecosystem is intentional. Those plants are different from each other. They have different purposes. They have maybe different, I don't know, things that are necessary for them to survive. But they're in relationship. They're simpatico, as my dad would say. And they're supporting each other in some way, right? They're helping to regenerate together or to be just generative together. And I want you to start to think of your content and your business in general as this ecosystem that's regenerative, as a garden that has different types of plants and trees and animals inside of it. And every single living thing in that garden serves a purpose. There's no waste. There's no redundancy. Again, going back to anti-capitalism and how we can learn so much from uh, nature around what's anti-capitalist because nature is inevitably regenerative and generative and left to its own devices. And capitalism, or at least the capitalism that we practice, is extractive and it degenerates, right? It sort of salts the earth that it leaves behind. It, It takes the resources and then it makes the land that it leaves or whatever it leaves behind barren. And that's the opposite of life giving. That's degenerative. So whenever possible, we want to be generative in the practices and the systems that we make. And magic is generative too, right? Magic follows nature. So that's what I have for you today. (laughs) And if you want to learn a little bit more about systems, I actually have something that might be really helpful for you. It's a Monday Hour One template. It's the very, very beginning of what I would recommend anyone start with, with a system, because Monday Hour One helps you get in the habit of creating an inbox, which I explained in this template, and getting yourself on task every week. If you have ADHD like me, 
if you're juggling a ton of projects, I really think that this will be useful to you and it will help you finish up everything that you need to do. And also make sure that you're not having these tasks that are degenerative or that are redundant or that are just like never ending on your task list. Because my friend, you deserve a life where you're not on a constant treadmill of making TikTok content. (laughs) You deserve a life that is joyful and pleasurable and fun and that has depth where you are learning constantly and you're taking in things from the world and you're not just making things for other people, but you are able to metabolize what you experience because my friend, that is why you chose to be here. You chose to have a human experience and let's settle in that and luxury in that and like take joy in that. And take a moment and be like, whoa, this is cool. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And of course, also allow that to help you do your sacred work. So that's my spiel for today. If you want to learn a little bit more about making systems for managing your content and how to put together this big ecosystem from a God's eye perspective, we are doing that inside of Notion for Magical Baddies, digital spells, and social media systems. It's a four-day class. It's fast and furious. That's happening at the very end of September 2021. And oh my God, it's going to be so freaking fun. It's four days of lessons where we're going over the esoteric, magical elements of social media, what we talked about with digital altars and digital archetypes and casting digital spells, but we go into exactly how to do that. We've talked a lot about the what, but we'll talk a lot more about the how. And then we talk about the logistical sexy stuff, which is building actual systems to help you make content that slaps (laughs) and actually make content that you enjoy and take back your experience of, you know, making content for the world so that it's something that just gives you pleasure and makes you feel in alignment with your sacred work. Because I really believe it can be that. It can be a generative, delightful experience. And I want that for you. So that class is coming up. If you already aren't on the wait, if you're not on the wait list already and you didn't get an email about it, that means that it's live. So you can go at the link below and you can sign up. Hopefully there are still spots. This is a live class. It happens over four days. So we do have to close the doors at a certain point because I can only teach so many people live or else there's too many questions and I can't get in with everybody, but it's going to be really fun. The holisticism team is co-teaching this with me and I can't wait to see people there. It's going to be amazing. And at the end of four days, you're going to have this like baller system to help you with all of your content and specifically like making your digital spells on the internet, which is going to be sweet. All right. That's all I have for you today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions, shoot me a note at holisticism, or you can shoot me a text at the number below. Thank you again for joining us and and for tuning in to this podcast. We really appreciate you and we appreciate you listening. Oh, we have a little giveaway happening this month. If you write a review for the 12th House podcast and uh, you send it to us via the text line, which we would love to see, you will be entered to win a spot in Notion for Magical Baddies, Spells, and Systems, which goes live in October. It was a massive hit. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten such great feedback and I'm really like honored and delighted by it for anything I've ever taught. So it was a really, really fun class and I'm really excited to teach it again in October. So you can get it for free by reviewing the podcast, sending us a screenshot of your review, and we will announce the winner at the end of September. So may the luckiest person win. All right. With that, I bid you adieu. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll see you on the internet. Bye.